Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Spot Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how you can eat mindfully with kids around, kids at the table, kids pulling at you. How do you do it? Yeah, this is this is something that our clients, it's like a topic on our coaching call at least like once a week. Mm-hmm. Someone being like, I'm just really struggling. It's often supper time. You know, I'm, uh, I'm really struggling at supper time. Because I'm being, I feel like I'm being pulled in 17 different directions. And before I know it, you know, my plate is done and I was not mindful at all during Mm -hmm. that meal. Help. What do I do? When clients are after often asking us, they'll finish the meal and then they'll be questioning, wait, did I even want that? Was I even that hungry? And yeah. And they relate it back to just being pulled in so many different directions at mealtime. And they're like, like you were saying, they're like, how do you do it? What do you, what have you guys learned that really helps you to be mindful? And I know I only have one. I'm just a mom now. So I'm slowly starting to see this. Um, Nikki is too older. Uh, she's got some good tips, but you were saying that you really felt like different pressures when you first started, when you were a first mom on like how to navigate motherhood and your your outlook has changed and has helped your ability to eat mindfully I think yeah because the thing about being a mom is I really wanted to like be there you know like be there and do things for them and like you know set nurturing and like caring and I know that that got me in a lot of situations where I was stressed, I was anxious, you know, I did feel like I was running around with the chicken with my head cut off because I felt I had to do everything for everybody. And in the end, also kind of, you know, I did it mostly with my son because he's the older one, um, you know, made it so that he's not as independent as we'd mm-hmm. want him to be, you know, like it's kind of twofold. Like we think, I thought, Oh, every time he, any time he asked for anything at meals, I needed to like be at his beck and call, you know, and 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 anything like everything in life, not even just meal time. And one of my biggest things with this like chaotic feeling of chaotic meal time that the that moms are experiencing, not being able to eat mindfully, is just reminding ourselves like we we can take ten minutes. You know, you can let go of that feeling of that need that you have to do everything for your kids and like empower them. And I don't want this to come from like, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to give like parenting advice. And I'm like, you know, higher than that or anything like that. Just like from a place of like mom to mom, like, look, take the pressure off yourself, you know, like let, let your kids, if it, if you're feeling like you know, you sit down and they're like, mom, can you get me this? Mom, can you get me this? Mom, can you get me this? And you you can't eat mindfully. Let's look at some ways that we can empower our kids to maybe do those things themselves. And I mean, it's not going to work if you have a baby (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a high chair beside you, of course. But even still, like you and you could give your advice on what how you manage with your little guy because he, you know, is just about two and and so you've been right through that stage, but, you know, just like giving that pressure off of ourselves to, to feel like we have to do everything for everyone, you know, me- meals are really only 10 minutes long. Like, just be like, no, <laughs> mommy's enjoying her meal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a, t- a lot of advice when it comes to independence. I think what's working for me so that I don't need to 
think about him constantly during my meal is I think you touched on this before we started talking too. It's like, I really love a family style situation. So I put all of his options out in front of him and his little cups and whatever. Yeah. It's all there. Um, and so there's going to be waste. I've made peace with that. Like he has a water glass, he has a milk glass, sometimes he even has a juice glass, you know, he's got all the protein, the carb, the veg, it's all there. And he can grab more if he wants. He's got all the utensils that he could ever wish for because he loves them and he loves to pretend that he's cutting things. If he asks, you know, like I know he's going to ask for a spoon and a fork and a knife. <laughs> it's just like that, <laughs> even if it's not appropriate for the meal. I just give it to him so that he can be like so happy in his world and um, have his own experience with the meal. And so that I can have mine too. <laughs> I can't say that it's perfect, Absolutely. but just setting us up for success um, that way has been helpful. Well, that's the other thing too, is I can that whole, like for me again, it was also, yeah, like I didn't want things to be messy. Right. I didn't want them to make a mess. And I think that, again, really caused a lot of stress and anxiety around mealtime because instead of focusing on your meal, it's like, oh, you're going to spill, you know, or, or don't, right. you can't scoop that up, you know, and like just trying to let go of mm -hmm. that feeling and letting them. Again, we, you, as he gets older, you're going to be like, dude, like no throwing your spaghetti on the floor. We already like, have those discussions. Yeah, yeah for like sure. Age, age appropriate. And um, what I... I love, and we do recommend people do family style meals where you put all the food on the table. But again, realistically, I struggle with doing that all the time because I, I don't want to dirty extra dishes by like moving everything into pots. So we often have like some of the food will be on the table if it was cooked in something that I can just put on the table, but some of it will be on the stove still. Um, and like letting my kids go and scoop up their extra. Mm -hmm seconds even though they might spill even though mm -hmm. they might make a mess and it may you know again the waste like take too much or whatever that has been like life-changing <laughs> I know and it sounds so simple but it's one other thing that you have to get up for mm -hmm. and feel like you're not being super mindful of your meals so that and then also for us I moved when we renovated our kitchen I put all the kids cups it's in a really weird spot in my kitchen right beside the fridge and like a cupboard that no one, you would never think, why would you put cups there? But it's so that they can mm -hmm. open the cupboard and get cups themselves. And we do have like water on our fridge. But if we didn't have that, I would just keep the stool out by the sink. They could fill up their water cups um, that way too. And again, they spill. <laughs> but, you know, they can also wipe it up mm -hmm. or something else, which has been hard too. And again, I'll go, I'll go after and, and do a proper cleaning job. I don't really tell them that, but you know, like, you can get a cloth and you can clean up your spill. Or if they do spill food, you can get a cloth and clean it up. And again, I know this is always easier said than done, but it has been so incredibly helpful for all of us, not just me with my eating, but them with learning independent life skills too. And then I was going to say too, them with their their eating as well. Like having a family, uh, family style experience is so beneficial. And I know Nikki can talk to this so much more in depth. Um, for many reasons, one, um, there's no pressure, right, for them to try the new foods. It's just the exposure over time. It's just there. And so on their own will, they'll go for it because they're seeing you do it. And also just having that sense of abundance, I don't know, I think might be important as well, you know, so they don't feel limited in 
I don't know, sometimes parents might want to limit, I don't know, French fries. <laughs> you know, like it's just there. They see that there's plenty. They w- won't be triggering any type of scarcity by saying like, this is your French fries and that's all you get. Um, yeah. So family style is nice like that. And I'm not fancy. Like I'll just take like a, a hot thing, one of those hot pads and like put the whole pot on the, on the table. Anyway, yeah, so however it works, I like, but like Nikki's saying, she's not the one getting up to get them the seconds. Like they're going. And so it's just one less thing for her to think about. She gets to stay centered in her meal. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. I think another thing too, is like um, the mindset around what exactly mindful eating looks like Mm -hmm. at a family meal too because again with our clients when they're when they're learning mindful eating we really talk about like being in the moment and distraction free in terms of tv and cell phones and tablets and computers you're not working at your desk eating like being in the moment trying to enjoy the bites of food and stuff and then they go you know sit with their families at supper and they're like i'm not distracted by a screen but i'm distracted by everybody else and we just want to say that that type of distraction isn't quite the same as like your brain being fully distracted by a screen and you can still be like you don't have to be like zoning everybody out to be mindful of your with your meal and actually the fact that maybe sometimes you might have to take a pause and get up and help a child with something you might be a good thing you know just to recenter yourself in that meal for that for you to ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? How is this meal tasting? So even just kind of maybe changing our mindset around our expectations at the meal time could be helpful. Yeah. And you had made a good point when we were chatting before about, but what if, because we do have clients in this situation too, like what if I'm coming home from like a super stressful day and I'm already feeling overstimulated and now I'm sitting at the table feeling even more stimulated, overstimulated. That's a good opportunity. <laughs> it's a hard opportunity. But um, all things within learning intuitive eating is about bringing a lot of our habits to our awareness. And that's the first step to just seeing the bigger picture and changing all things. So I think that's a, a good opportunity to just observe how I, how you're feeling, taking those deep breaths, and just really acknowledging that you know, the blood pressure is through the roof or your ears are at your shoulders because you're so stressed and you haven't had a chance to take a breath all day. Um, I think just having that observation practice and like that compassion will help tremendously rather than trying to be like, now I have to eat. Now I have to try and eat mindfully and I, everyone's pulling at me. And that for me would create even more like tension, right? Like, oh, I'm trying to eat mindfully and everyone's talking to me. And yada, yada, yada. I think I would now, if I were in that situation, be more like, wow, the tension is 10 on 10 right now. Everything is super stimulating. And I just want to like freak on everybody. I think I would say to myself in more of a compassionate voice, what do I need right now? What would help? What's one little thing that could help? For me, it's just, you know, five big breaths. Um, Maybe it's doing less than I expected. You know, maybe I had this big plan for dinner and I maybe I'll decide to like chop it in half and and go, you know, with the salad kit or something instead, something a little bit more easy breezy, you know, so having that flexibility. Is anything coming to your mind that would help in that situation? 
I think those are great. And then, yeah, just like knowing that the fact that you're sitting down with your family is amazing. You know, like we're in a time when family mealtimes are almost something that's like becoming extinct. And like Shana said, they're so beneficial for our kids and for you. So just being like, do you know what? I'm doing the good thing. You know, Mm. it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. And as much as I want to be like super mindful, just sitting down, being with my family, talking about life and enjoying a meal together is so good for me and so good for my kids that, you know, I'm doing it and and it's okay if it's not gonna be perfect. And and remind yourself too that intuitive eating and food freedom isn't about perfect or perfection. And even if you got distracted because the baby spilt something and maybe you overate a little bit, it's okay. It's okay. We're not looking for perfect. The fact that you sat down with your family is amazing. That's the bigger picture thing, right? I like that you said all that. It's so great. And it's really about being in the present moment. We're talking about eating mindfully here. That would be the next thing I would do is bring myself into the present moment. I ask myself this question because if I'm feeling frustrated and tense, maybe there's a reason, but what's going to add to it is trying to be somewhere where I'm not. You know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, now I have to make the meal. And after this and this and that and that and that, that creates a lot more tension for me in addition. So what I would do um, practicing now is how's the moment right now? How is this moment right now? That question. And so it brings me back into this very present moment. And 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 times, the moment is like, wow, I'm really lucky. Wow, this moment is good. And so yeah. it brings me back into that and I do the same thing. And I I want to say this quote before Nikki, she said before we started, enjoying your meal isn't about being, isn't about not being interrupted. I've, I probably butchered it. Mindful eating isn't about not being interrupted. You, you guys get the yeah. gist of what I'm trying to say there? Yeah. Like, and yeah, that's kind of where I started this is like, it's, it's, to be mindful with your meal doesn't mean that you're never going to be distracted or you're not going to be interrupted and letting go of that, of that expectation. Again, changing the mindset around what, what we expect out of the meal and, and having those pauses being interrupted, it is a chance to recenter. Totally. And so, and then that's just another opportunity to like ask those questions or while I'm eating the questions always, and this is something I've done before children, is this yummy? does this taste good? Like how yummy is this? And it always centers me back into like the very moment. Like it's, you can't help, but not then like, oh, what is that? I learned this in the parenting thing. Like in order to help stop a a toddler tantrum is like, ask them a question because it like flips their brain to like a different part of their brain. Yeah. Right. Just ask them a question. So yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because before when you were saying if it was chaotic and stuff, that's a hundred percent just what I do, but I usually bring it back to the food to help like center the food. Like right. what's your favorite thing on your plate? Oh, for like, the kids. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I just kids, meant for but myself, centers, but that's yes, a good idea too, yeah. to ask the kids. Yeah. I think one of our clients, she was really good at this. She asked them all. And again, her strategy was asking them all kinds of questions. Like she got really creative, like what's your favorite color or something about dinosaurs, but like kids love a game, right? So getting them into the food, like you're saying, like getting them into the food with questions can help the whole family practice their 
mindful eating and make it fun for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, I was going to say, yeah, I asked myself these centering questions in my head and why not bring it outside to the whole family? Because it'll probably help your endeavor. <laughs> it's not just in your head while people are like screaming at you or whatever. Um, yeah. They'll, it'll help bring their attention to the food as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to like circle back. Okay. <laughs> I haven't said that on a podcast. I feel like that's such like a Zoom meeting commentary. But yeah. when you're talking about the brain and the anxiety and like the head and the shoulders, you know, again, defining what being mindful means is is shifting from like the word mindful being like your mind is full yeah. of all these expectations and your mind is, you know, of all the things you got to do, your ABCD list, your checklist, you know, which, which so many of us in this society, you know, being in Western society are, are going like, like our lifestyles are just like, our mind is full of all the stuff we have to do all the time. And really just getting out of that and being mindful of the moment, you know, yeah. splitting it into two words, like your mind, you're being mindful of what's happening in the present moment. And again, that shift as silly as it sounds throughout your whole entire day is life-changing and you know even Shane and I we had like a huge shock yesterday on our coaching call about this and how mindful eating intuitive eating isn't really just about food and it's about like shifting everything in your life to help you live with your life like your cup being full so that you're able to be you know, better, you just have a higher quality of life. Plus you're like fully present as a mom or as a wife, as a sister, as an aunt, whatever role in life you have, um, you're just able to, because you become more intentional, intentional with your life. And I think like that plays into this shift that I had with like really pushing my kids to do things on their own, even if it was imperfect or messy or, might even feel like more work for me in the sense of I have to go behind them and clean up instead of just like doing it for themselves. And as hard as that was, it really has made my life better and my kid's life, you know? And so um, we, we talk a lot too about, you know, finding joy and purpose and fulfillment and all these things come from getting out of our own head and, you know, asking for help or delegating tasks or stop trying to be everything that we think we need to be, you know, and changing our mindset and learning to be in the moment. And it's just all so interconnected. And so I don't know, I just kind of wanted to mention that. Love that. Oh, that so much to, to get into there. Where to start? Okay, so when you said that you were kind of had that switch to ask your kids to start doing things for themselves or teaching them, modeling that for them. Was that like a twofold thing? I may, I'm just, maybe I'm just reiterating what you're saying. It was a twofold thing. Like one, you could tell that it was kind of depleting you. Like it, the thing that you thought you should be doing, you guys watch for that golden rule, that golden word in so many parts of your life. The, th the things you thought you should be doing, you could kind of feel were actually like draining your cup. They weren't actually filling your cup. And then on the flip side of that, um, when you, cause you've gone through this journey in your life where like doing things for yourself that 
I don't know how to say this properly, but brought you fulfillment. And so you want to give this gift to your kids so that they can be independent and and try things and fail. And so you see that just even in the littlest tasks of like doing things, maybe some most kids aren't doing for themselves. So is that like, would you say that's like kind of like twofold situation or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was like, like, I felt like I, it was just easier if I did it, it would be done right if I did it. And I just thought that's what I needed to do. Like I felt like I was like being a bad mom if I made them, you know, do stuff. (laughs) And I know that's probably so silly. And like, if you're an, if you're a mom that's all about the independent parenting, like I'm, that's amazing. And like, I just made that mistake at the beginning of my parenting journey of just like doing everything because it was just easier, you know. And I think at two, I was a working mom, like working out of the house mom, and so we were kind of like on the go, 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 go. And it was just, yeah, it was just easier if I did everything. And I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And then yeah, it just definitely depleted my cup and and fulfillment and joy in life because if you know I'm at the table and I'm the only person who can get everyone drinks and get everyone seconds and clean up all the messes that's a lot for one person to have to deal with mm-hmm. not saying my husband never helped but just saying like, that <laughs> expectation that we put on ourselves you know yes and then there was something you said about uh I know we talk about this all the time, but finding joy in all of that. Maybe that's another topic. Maybe that's like a deeper conversation for a different podcast. Um, one thing I've learned about kids, I'm again, I'm not an expert in any way, shape or form, but they have this intrinsic desire to learn. It's, we're born with it, just like our intuitive eating abilities. Like the kids are sponges for learning and jobs. <laughs> Like they want the jobs and it helps them tremendously in so many different ways. So like Nikki's saying, like maybe we were kind of modeled something different, um, but it's actually going to help them feel a sense of purpose. And that, that sense of purpose brings fulfillment, brings this intuitiveness around so much of our life and not just food. Like it actually impacts our appetite. So you're helping, helping them with their self-regulated appetite, giving them the sense of like purpose and, um, independence, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's cool. Yeah. Super cool. And what do you want to talk about? Nikki had mentioned too, before we started, how you're saying how the generation before us was parented so differently that they kind of like the pendulum swung and then they modeled a different type of parenting. So sure. If this is again, that like expectation piece, um, I was just, I, I just been learning a lot about like generational changes, like the things that affect us as, as kids and as adults, just from like growing up in different generations and being an 80s kid, you know, we like, we had so much independence. And that's not a bad thing. But I think as if I, I just was like, I felt like I needed to be around my kids all the time, you know, like that whole like entertaining them and, and doing everything for that's where that a lot of that stemmed from, I think. And again, it's not that my parents did anything wrong. I think I just felt like I needed to be in their lives all of the time or I felt guilty. And I and I know that the Gen X generation, a little bit older than us that have older kids now, felt the same. And and now like the, those kids, that generation of kids is kind of struggling with being independent. And so it's a good eye opener for us to be like, oh, no, we got to balance it 
out. You know, we got to balance it out. Um, again, it's just all this learning stuff <laughs> and reflecting and and really trying to, you know, evolve as as parents. And again, that's why Shana and I are like, we're not trying to like come on here and give crazy parenting advice or like, you know, righteousness or anything, no. but just like, this is what's worked trying to give like our what's what's worked for us you know and I've changed a lot as a parent in the last nine years of being a parent and learning from my mistakes and retrospectively looking back and seeing okay that didn't really work you know and and all we can do is offer your advice friend to friend on here mm-hmm. and I was going to ask you do you have any tips so you t- talked about with Grayson um you know having everything kind of there for him to do his meal time. Do you have any tips of how you stayed more mindful when he was even younger with eating, like around one? To help him stay mindful? Or stay, for you to be still mindful at meals, having that young child there with you? So I would definitely say that there's a lot more like him pulling my attention um, away from the meal. And so I I would just ask those questions. Honestly, for me, it's for me as an intuitive eater, I've always been asked my, I always ask myself, is this yummy? How yummy is this? And so anytime I would then turn back on my plate and because my hunger fullness cues inform how yummy something is, i.e. my, my uh, degree of into it, I am. I don't even have to ask myself if I'm hungry. It's just like, how yummy is this? Because I am someone comfortable um, now because I've been an intuitive eater for so long. The idea of overeating doesn't scare me. And what I mean by that is yeah. if I maybe eat past fullness because it takes 20 minutes for food to hit your stomach and all that, <laughs> it's no big deal because my self-regulated appetite will um, adjust minorly over the next week or so to, to compensate. And just having this big picture chill about eating makes everything just balance out so nicely because you're not worried about it. So literally then the body just takes over. And so the only center point to, to let that happen for me is ask, and it's because I've undone a lot of things, you guys, and you hear about our, all our <laughs> podcasts. I've learned intuitive skills and all that. But it really just does then boil down to me, boil down for me. How yummy is this? Is this still tasting really, really yummy? And for me, that just brings the gateway of like the intuitiveness through. So that's the only thing I did when when it was more chaotic. One other thing that I would say is uh with little kids, if you're if you're trying to um, like when they start solids to like two years old, when you're trying to have those meal times with them, which is wonderful, the expectation again too, like they're not gonna sit for the whole time that you maybe sit and eat. So if you know if their little tummies fill up and they're all done, then just letting them get down from the table can also be really helpful and then again and not trying to clean up and have that expectation just like let them go down you're only going to probably be three four five minutes after them finishing your meal till you feel good and being able to get that satisfaction so um that is really I find like that's really helpful because I know again our generation and older it was always like you have to sit at the table till everybody's done Um, which for manners you know like that's a very like manners thing 
which I get. But if you are someone that wants your kids to do that, maybe taking away the expectation of them learning that from a super young age when Mm -hmm. all they're going to do is cause, you know, the ruckus and they'll slowly sit the table longer. And those kind of things like my nine-year-old now and even my almost six-year-old, I can say that and they're okay to sit there chill, you know, like they'll sit there nicely and just have conversation. But when they were, you know, nine months to two years old, even two, like to three, they're just going to be feisty and and it's going to, again, disconnect you from that pleasure and the satisfaction and the mindfulness. So, you know, it's okay to say, okay, you're all done. You can be excused. Go put your plate away if they're old enough or something like that. But yeah, I think that was a big one for me is, is not thinking that or having expectations that are above their developmental mm. capacity. They can't sit there for that long and that's okay. And especially supper. And I know supper is the meal that we're like, we want to have this like glorious family time. Supper's, supper is like almost witching hour for most kids, you know? They're already full. They've had meals and snacks. It's usually foods that they're not super into for supper time, you know, especially when they're starting to get to that more selective phase where they kind of start to to turn down food so like after 18 months old and and they're just tired and they're cranky and so you know if if they sit the table for two minutes and have two bites it's okay you know like it's okay again big picture they get lots of nutrition throughout the day stop putting that expectation on yourself to make them sit nicely and, and ruin your meal you know like they'll slowly grow into that as they get older that made me think, I have two things to say. That made me think of like a lot of it, learning intuitive eating is really using control, right? We, we uh, type A, all of us here, right? We, we that's a lot that probably got us into hot water with eating in the first place. And so releasing the control brings the actual true control you're always looking for. And I know that sounds confusing, but that's what you gain when you let go of all that, like the head control. And like Nikki was saying before, if you're in your head about food and all the million things, it's impossible to be actually truly mindful. So you have to let that all go, clear your mind as best as possible. And that's when like the real magic happens. And same with, that's what I've been noticing with parenting. Like the, the less I try to control, like if it's not a, like a make or break thing, like, you know, yeah, the easier and more intuitive things work out. And if, um, if he's freaking out about something, it's because it's a symptom, right? Like it's not in alignment with him yet. And it's like Nikki saying that developmental, I'm asking something too much of him. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to describe that properly. Um, and it's funny you say this is because in all realness, you guys, like that's exactly what's happening right now in, in my world is say, you know, he's done before me. I'm a very slow eater. I like to linger. <laughs> I like to have more all of this. I want to enjoy my meal. So he pops down and he's still breastfed. And then he was like, I want booby. <laughs> and he's pulling at me. And so my, I'm a let, like, let him down, let him do his thing. No expectation to be up there, but also there'll be no booby <laughs> while I'm eating. Right. So that's, that's kind of yeah. like the line that, and so he was just like a little more repetition and repetition. Like he, he gets it. So just a little bit of uh, what's actually happening in my house, but yeah. that's you know like yeah he he totally understands. Yeah, he throws a little. Yeah, bit oh exactly. And yeah. the meals that you know like breakfast 
might look different because again, they come, they're hungry, they're excited, you know, it's maybe a meal that feels like they sit longer and they, you know, it's more pleasant, but that's just like the natural stage of, of the little guy's day. You know, they're just, that's how it is for everybody. And so don't, yeah, don't be hard on yourself and let go. Like Shana said, and um, I think that's when I was saying like with intuitive eating and, and food freedom, it becomes so much of your life because you figure out what you actually need. Well, that's and what it for was, me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, it was a lot of that, like that letting go of these like expectations and these pressures I was putting on myself that were just making me more stressed and me more anxious. And, you know, like they weren't really helping. And so, yeah, with the mindfulness, like really trying to be in the moment, letting go of expectations. And it's okay to set boundaries around things, but, you know, just let it play out a little more, you know, like, it's just, it's, again, it's hard. It's hard. There's no black or white. There's no right or wrong, but just, just be easy on yourself. I want to say one more thing now that you reminded me of what that thing was that you said, and we can totally do a whole nother podcast on this. So one, what she's saying is that when we are, our life is full of the shoulds, the expectations that are put on us by society. And there's, it's endless. <laughs> like we think we know until it starts unraveling. There's no room for what our true essence is. And and the symptoms are of this, of all these unmet needs of our true nature. <laughs> I know it sounds so out there, but this is real. Is symptoms like desiring cravings, like wanting to overeat, even when we know that we don't want to overeat, right? And so this is all connected. And so part of learning intuitive eating is letting go of the control, but this is what we're saying, letting go of the control and like this, this mind struggle of like what we think we should be doing can be so therapeutic and so life opening, like Nikki's saying that then after all that work is done and it just happens like slowly with the observation practice that we were talking about at the beginning, just questioning, like, why, why am I, why, why do I think this? Like, why am I holding myself to the standard when it makes me so angry? You know, it's just stuff like that. Just like talk to yourself as it peels away. Then you start to see like, oh my gosh, that was depleting my cup. Here's what I actually want. That fills my cup tremendously. And then what happens is the tables turn and you're so full and you're, you're modeling this for your family as well. You're so full that the things that really matter, you have so much energy for to give to your family and to people and to your community. This is a massive talk that we can do another day. Absolutely. But it does relate into how it all plays out at the dinner table and then how it's playing out at the dinner table affects, you know, like how we're treating our family and everything. and we're all doing our best. Absolutely. But this is for a talk for anybody that's like, there's got to be another way. Like, I feel like I'm doing all the things and I just can't anymore, including dieting. Right. But it's, it really is all connected. Um, so thank you, Nikki, for touching on that. Cause that's a really big, big, big piece. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we always go seven layers deep in here, right? Yeah. So, I know. I was yeah. thinking, I was like, if you've clicked on this podcast, like thinking you're going to get like, oh, here's like five tips. It's so not that type of podcast because no. there is no tips. It's more just like changing our mindset, changing expectations. You know, like the tips, I guess, are creating, letting our kids be messy and independent, but 
And then like tapping into here. Yeah. And then also like, oh man, how do I tap into here? And just keep pointing at her head and her heart. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, That's (laughs) right. And then getting curious, like, honestly, you guys, just observation and curiosity will lead the way. I know that sounds so weird, but it's true. You've got all the answers and don't think you're crazy if you're experiencing all the crazy symptoms and overeating and all of this, like it's just a sign from your body that's trying to tell you something and we've been there and keep going. You've got this. Like the fact that you're even thinking about it means that you're going to get there. Like you're on the right track. Yeah. You've got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, this ended up being a good one. They all are in our (laughs) humble opinion. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.